I have seen the affliction of my people. My eyes are on you. Keep your eyes on me. I told you in this world, you should have tribulation, but we have overcame. I have overcome this world. Keep your eyes focused on me and keep my words in your mouth. The power is in my spirit and in my words. Don't look at situations, look above that. I'm quite aware of what's happening all around. Fix your eyes on me. Your strength comes from me. Do not sway. Keep your eyes on me. In these final days that we're living in, do not lose your focus. Do not lose your love for me. Continue seeking me. Continue seeking me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, somebody, just magnify him. Come on, because somebody continue seeking his name right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I seek your face, Jesus. I seek your face, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We move into another time of worship. We give it back unto God. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for we already feel in this place. God, we thank you, Lord Jesus. For the time that we spent already with you, Lord God, and continue to spend, Lord God, we ask you, Lord God, to move in the rest of this service, God. Bless this offering, God. Multiply it and use it for your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.
welcome our pastor to the pulpit this morning. Continue to keep that family in your prayers. Yes. Pray for them. Pray that God would give them strength and give them peace in this time. And uh, as um, as the, the, the schedule of, of the services are uh, are decided, we'll keep you informed and we'll let you know about those. And uh, I'm sure that we will be calling on on the church to assist us and and. Uh, Helping out and being a part of that, and so just keep that in mind. Something that is, uh, who can tell me what next week is? Memorial Day. <laughs> we remember the days off. It's also uh, something, something spiritual. Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday. Amen. Amen. And. As such, uh, we have uh, purchased, and, and I have to give I have to give credit where credit's due. Sister Jennifer took the uh, uh, initiative on ordering these, and uh, these are excellent. I don't know how many of you have have seen these. They are I don't know a little booklet that makes it easy to be able to talk to someone to share. The message, the, the Holy Ghost plan of salvation to individuals. It explains what Pentecost is. There are there's a uh, there's a UR or a QR code in the back that you can click on. It gives uh, people's testimonies of their experience with God. It gives additional scripture references about the plan of salvation, about what Pentecost is. This is something that you can give to someone, that you can uh, you can share with them, and it, it will explain the plan of salvation in, in very easy to understand terms. And so uh, today we're making these available to you. I would like for us to take these and to, to give them out to people that need the truth. It, it's it's easy to be able to share these with individuals, and um, you know you, you don't have to do a lot of teaching on your own. Amen. You can give them this and, and and just talk to them and let them know that listen, if you read this, it will it will explain the plan of salvation. It will give you scriptures. It will give you testimonies. It will it will make it clear to you what the scripture says. And so we are making these available for free. We would, uh, we would like for you to take one 
And I want to challenge everyone to, uh, to find someone this week that you can share this with, that you can give one of these to someone. Amen. 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 Okay. Amen. We'll have these available. Um, if you want, we can uh, we can have them at the back, and you can get one for the uh, end of service. But make sure you take one of those and uh, share the share that with uh, with someone that, that needs to know God. Amen. With a hungry heart. Yes. You know, our world's filled with those. Yes. There there are people that are hungry. For God, they're hungry for the truth. Yes. They're looking for an answer. Mm -hmm. We know what that answer is. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. Sister Joy, she had asked if she could uh, to share uh, just a, a word about Brother Dennis, and so Sister uh, Joy, if you will. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise Praise the Lord. Lord. Um, I just want to let you guys know that Brother Cap was a great man, a humble man. Yes, he was. He uh, taught in Jamaica. He started a ministry in Tampa. He uh, ministered to jailmates in Tampa in prison. He uh, started church of his own in Plant City. I mean, he was a man of God. Yes, he was. Uh, he loved the Bible, and he loved life, and everybody that knew him fell in love with him. Yes. And Amen. I'm just asking you for prayers for my aunt and for the rest of us because we miss him dearly. Yes. Yes. Keep praying for us. Thank you. Yes. Amen. He will uh, he will be greatly missed in the church. And I know in the in the family and the, the friends, yes. those that, that knew him, he yes. will be greatly missed. Yes. And uh, just continue up with the prayers. Yes. And uh, as uh, as I said a few moments ago, next week is Pentecost Sunday. Remember that. Make sure you're here. Bring someone with you. We want to see an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in this place. Amen. 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 All right. Well, let's get into the Word today. Is that all right? Amen. Amen. Today I want to talk to you about a message that I've entitled Relationship, the Secret to Godliness. And I'm going to read a passage here that so many times when we read it, we instantly think of the loss. But as we begin to study it, we're going to see a little bit of a different light. Matthew chapter 13, uh, beginning in verse 1, and I'm going to read down through verse 9. It says, the same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the sea, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went out into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them, 
But others fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. And the Lord closed this parable with these words Who had ears to hear, let him hear. And I believe that that is the message that the Lord has for the church today. Notice I didn't say for the world. I believe that the Lord is doing something in the church. Yes, amen. And those who have ears to hear, let them hear what the word of the Lord is speaking to us. Amen. Listen, none of us are, are, are confused about the day and the hour that we live in. None of us are confused about the fact that uh, there's evil that is running rampant in the world, that sin abounds. But we also know that where sin doth abound, his grace does much more abound. Yes. Amen. Amen. There's, there's light in the church. There's light within us. And we are called to be a light unto this world. Amen. And so, you know, when we look at this, like I said, many times we, we look at this and we think, oh, well, you know, the, the sower is sowing seeds and he's sowing those into, you know, into the world and, and, and trying to draw individuals to him. But I believe that there's a little more depth to this than just trying to reach the lost. I believe that in the church, the Lord is continually doing a work. Amen. 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 I, I know that, you know, I've, I've said this before, I'm not perfect, you're not perfect, and, you know, there's that old song, He's Still Working on Me. Amen. And you know what? He is. He's still working on each one of us. And it, it's interesting to me because Jesus took the time after he had shared this parable with the multitude that he took the time beginning in verse 10 to answer the question of the disciples when they asked him, why are you speaking unto them in parables? The scripture tells us he answered and said unto them, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given. Now, what set the disciples apart from the multitude? They were well, they, they were picked, but they were followers of Jesus. They, they were with him. They walked with him daily. They, they had a relationship with Jesus. They weren't just a, a, a random group of people that chose to show up to, to hear what this man had to say on a single day. That Those were not chosen to hear this parable. This parable was chosen that the people that followed him would hear it and would have understanding. See, there's understanding that comes into the church that the world can't understand. That's the truth. 
Oh, there, there are people in the world that have, have tried their best to, you know, to dig into the Bible and try to understand it. But without the Holy Ghost, without the Spirit of God, they're wandering aimlessly. That's right. Because Scripture says that it is the Holy Ghost that leads us and guides us into all truth. And we need the Spirit of God working inside of us to bring us into those things of God, the things of the kingdom that will bring forth fruit. We can't do it just by knowledge alone. We can't do it by our own works. It's not by my might or by my power, but it's by the Spirit of God that we are able to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. He continues on and he, he talks about whosoever have to him shall be given and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever have not from him shall be taken away even that he have. Here again, talking about the church. You have the Spirit, and God wants to give you more. Yes. He wants to bring abundance to you. Yes. Oh, Amen. but we have to exercise the ears that we have to hear. That's right. The eyes that we have to see. Yes. The hearts to follow Him. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing, see not. And hearing, they hear not. Neither do they understand. And he goes even further, he says, And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand. And seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. Why? Because the people's heart is waxed gross. You know what that means? It means it's grown fat. That's literally what the word means. Now, what happens to a heart when the, the walls of that heart begin to thicken? It's, it gets hard. It, 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 it is less effective. It can't receive the blood and it can't pump the blood the way that it was designed to do. Mm -hmm. <coughs> he continues on and he says, their ears of, are dull of hearing and their, their ears are dull. They, they, it's not that they can't hear, they just don't hear very well. That's right. They, they, they kind of ignore it. And their eyes have they closed. Oh, they're not blind. They just closed their eyes. Come on. Lord, help me today. That's right. That's right. Come on. God, help us that as your children, as spirit-filled believers, that we don't let our hearts grow fat. That's right. That we don't let our ears grow dull right. that we don't close our eyes to what you are trying to do in us Amen. Amen. 
I have talked in the past about, about how the, 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 the power of conviction doesn't seem to be as strong in the church as it once was. And that's the problem. Hallelujah. I believe that it very much is. It is. Because I believe that when, when the power of conviction begins to move into the church, that we have become comfortable in our position with God, in our relationship with God, and we instantly say, oh, so-and-so needs to hear that. That's right. Come on now. You know what our first response should be when the Holy Ghost begins to move and we we you know hear a little anointed something from God? Our first response should be, God, is that are you talking to me? Right. Amen. 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 God, does that apply to me? And if it does, help me, God. Yes. Lord, work on me. Amen. Well, there's always someone that we can point a finger to, yes. but most of the time, we should be pointing that finger at ourselves saying, God, I need that in me. I'm not perfected in me yet, God. Oh, and I believe that the Lord is trying to do a purification work in the body of Christ. Yes. yes. How can the light shine through a dirty vessel? Come on now. Oh, oh, I know there are, there are those here today saying, well, pastor, you're just, you know, you're just being hard on us. You know, we're not rank sinners. No, I'm not calling you rank sinners, but are you being responsive to God? When the Spirit of God begins to move on you, are you receptive of that? Are you are you open to that and saying, God, God, show me, reveal in me, God? Amen. Amen. The Lord continued to talk there, and he said, you know, he talked about them seeing with their eyes and hearing with their ears and should understand with their hearts. And if they would do that, they should be converted, and I should heal them. And he, he talked to his disciples. He said, but blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they, they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them and to hear those things which ye hear and have not heard them. He was telling them what a blessed group of people they were. Nice. For generations there had been prophets and righteous men of God that had longed to see the Messiah. That it longed to see the works that those men were seeing take place. Amen. And I believe the word of God that says, once the Holy Ghost was poured out, that greater things than, than those that Jesus did for them and in their midst would take place. Amen. So if they were a blessed people, what does that make us? Amen. What does that make us when not only do we get to have a relationship 
relationship of him walking with us. But we get to receive the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, not just walking around with us, but dwelling within us. Oh, seeing the power of God at work like no other has seen. Seeing the miraculous. Yes. We were we were singing that song this morning and it was talking about all of the things that God can do. And, 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 and it, it even said that. He can do it. I know that he can do it. I know that he can do it. Yes, we know that he can do it, but he wants to make others know that he can do it. Amen. And so he's working a purification process in his church. So that we can be vessels to carry him out into a hurting, a dying, a, 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 a hungry, and lost world. Amen. Jesus then goes on to those that he cares about. To those that have hearing and, and vision and understanding. And he says, let me enlighten you to what this parable means. Hmm. He, he, he said it this way. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. Now they had already heard it. They heard it when he spoke it the first time. But just like God does with his people, he, he has to come back to us sometime and say, wait a minute, what you heard, let me enlighten to you. Let me give you understanding of what I'm really talking about. Yes. He said, when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sold in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. You know what that is? That's the people that, that all they do is just hear the word. There are people that come into sanctuaries all across the world every week. And there are ministers that get up and they preach the word of God. They preach the truth of the word of God. They preach the power of the word of God. And those people hear it and they check a box and say, my attendance was, was counted today. And they walk out never having the word of God do anything in them. And because they do that, the word of God is that that seed that was sown is plucked away by the evil one. And it has no effect on them. Yeah. Listen, this is the word of Jesus, okay? Amen. He says, but he that received the seed into the stony place. The same as he that heareth the word and in no one with joy receiveth it. There are others that come in and they're going, oh man, I, I heard the word today. I, I'm so glad I heard that. And you know, that's a good word. I can't tell you how many times I've had people come up to me after church Say, Pastor, that was a good word. Man, you were right on target this morning. Praise God. I felt his power here today. That was awesome. And, and they're, they're sincere with it. Yeah. They, they hear it. 
Amen. They receive that word. They go, yes, that's that's powerful. But it's being received into a stony ground. Do you know that there are saints of God that are sitting on pews today that have stony soil? Come on now. Yes. If you're trying to, if you're trying to uh, uh, make a new garden plot, a place that's going to be fruitful, you're going to have to go work the soil. That's right. And in working that soil, that means you've got to turn over some things and unearth some things. Right. You've got to expose some things that have to be gotten rid of. Lord, let earth it be that that is going to hinder your word. Yes. Yes. Oh, that should be our heart's cry. God, if there's any stony ground in me, show me, God. Lord, I love those things in me that I can receive. And he goes into good soil. Yes. Yes. Oh, but there are, there are people today that they hear and they receive. But when, when God starts dealing with them about those stones, they, they reach over and they, they, they push that stone back down into the ground and say, no, don't mess with that. Leave that alone. I, I, I know, I know this is maybe not a popular message today. But listen, as your pastor, I'm preaching this because I love you. I'm preaching this because God loves you and he wants us to, to know that when those things begin to be on earth, He's saying, listen, you need to deal with this. Amen. You need to let the Holy Ghost and the power of conviction work and get some things out of our lives. Amen. I, I, it, it never fails when the pastor gets up and he preaches about holiness, about righteous living, about guarding our minds, about guarding our tongues, about all of the things that the Bible warns us about. That, oh, somebody begins to bow up. And somebody gets their toes stepped on. They, they get their feelings hurt. They go, oh, pastor, I can't believe you did that. They start trying to justify things in their own mind. Oh, pastor, that's not a heaven or hell issue. I tell you, I, I feel sorry for the next person that comes to me and says, well, pastor, you know, that's not a heaven or hell issue. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I can't bear that anymore. Because if God's dealing with you about it, it may very well be a heaven or hell that's issue right. to you. Right. Because if God's trying to get that out of your life, there's a reason he is. That's right. If God's working on you in that in that area and you're resisting and you're resisting and you're resisting and you keep saying, no, don't mess with that, God. Don't mess with that. You leave that to me, God. I'm going to hang on to that, God. All of a sudden, at some point, that becomes rebellion. Oh, and don't tell me rebellion's not a heaven or hell issue. Ask Satan about that. Right. 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 Mm. 
Verse 21 says, Yet he hath not root in himself, but dureth for a while. He, he can remain for just a little while with that rocky soil. Oh, but there's going to come a time when tribulation or persecution, persecution ariseth because of the word. And by and by, he is offended. That's the word. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, help us yes. if we're offended by your word. God, there's going to be some things in your word that's going to offend us. Oh, but let us not, not be hurt by it, but let us be healed by it. Don't let it crush us, but God, let it cleanse us. Woo! Come on, church, I'm preaching to you what God is saying to the church today. Pastor, that's why a lot of people leave the church. They get offended over nonsense. And so why did they come in the first place? They don't want to uh, accept it. Lord, help us. So we've got those that just hear yes. and they don't receive it. That's it. We have those that hear and receive it. Yes. Oh, but their 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 soil's not right, That's and when right. when hard times come, they That's can't right. bear it. That's right. That's it. Oh, Hallelujah. Jesus continues on. He said, "Oh, he also that receiveth seeds among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, yes. and he becometh unfruitful." All right now. <laughs> Yep. Oh, there's some people that come into church and they hear the word and they receive it. And that seed begins to grow in them. Something springs up within them, but all of a sudden it comes against what they want. That's Woo! Oh, yeah. It comes against the things that are important to them. The cares of this world. Conflict. Conflict. What I have. What I want. What's important to me? Yes. Yeah. Huh. The deceitfulness of riches. Yes. Oh, come on. The Bible calls that out specifically. Yeah. Yes. If there's one thing that can that can stop the fruitfulness in your life, it's being deceived by riches. Yeah. Every time. Hallelujah. Listen, I, I've told so many people, it doesn't matter how much you have in your bank account. You start leaning on that and trusting in that and watch how God can cause that just to wither away. Disappear. It'll disappear in a moment. Why? Because it's God's. All he's doing is letting it stay in your account for a while. You better use that wisely. You better keep your trust in God. You better realize that your provision is from God. He's your provider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This world is not our provider. If we start putting our trust in something other than God, yes. oh, the Lord's going to, he's going to remove that and say, all right, how can you stand now? Because God is not going to share his glory with another. That's right. Right. See, and that's 
That's the thing that has been deceiving the church is the cares of life and the, the pursuit of other things. That's right. And God said that that is what will make you unfruitful. Come on, the scripture says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all of these other things will be added. What are those other things? The other things was Jesus was just teaching about the food, what you're going to drink, and what you're going to wear. He's saying even the basics of life. Yes. It doesn't matter anything, even the basics of life. Those can't take priority over God. If you can't trust God for the basics of life, how are you going to trust God for the miraculous? That's right. If you can't trust God that he can put a little food on your table and make sure that you have a little water to drink, Yes. And make sure that you don't walk around naked, but you have a, some clothes on your back. Yes. Right. If you can't trust God for that, how can you trust God for anything else? Right. Yeah. The birds, the birds. Oh, he talks about the birds and the flowers. Those are the simplest things that I can think of. That's right. He takes care of those, and he does it beautiful. Yes, he does. I saw I saw a thing the other day, and it just it kind of made me laugh. There's a bird that flies extremely fast through the undergrowth and, and, and marshes and forests and stuff, and it flies so fast that it can't maneuver quick enough sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and it has a long beak on it. And when it's flying, sometimes it will actually go and fly into an obstacle, a reed, a, a, a small uh, tree or something, and its beak will stick into the tree. And the bird just hangs there. But even that bird, God doesn't just leave it and say, well, sorry, that's bad for you. You're going to starve to this. It, the bird will fly so fast and hit so hard that not only does it do that, there's times that it'll actually knock itself unconscious mm -hmm. from the impact. Sometimes we, we, we get like that. Sometimes we're, we're in such a hurry that we get ourselves stuck in some situations and we just don't know what to do. But thank God he doesn't just leave us there. He makes a way out for us. He makes a way out for that bird that they can, you know, that they can set themselves free from that situation and they can continue on. Amen. Oh. Amen. Listen, if God cares that much about a tiny little bird, All right, no. what does he care about you and me? Amen. How much more does he love us? Amen. Oh, but thank God. He said, but he that receiveth seed into good ground is he that heareth the word. And understands the word, and uh, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. What does that mean? 
It means that not only did they hear it, not only did they receive it, but they also allowed that word to transform them. Yeah. Amen. There's, there's some things that as humans we'll work on for a while, but if it doesn't respond, we just give up on that and say, that's just not the thing to do. Mm -hmm. I've got a I've got an area in my yard that I tried to transform into a garden. And I worked on them. I planted cover crops. I did all kind of stuff over there. And I finally realized that area is just sand. And it's not going to grow anything. And it's going to be barren. And so you know what I've done? I've left it alone. At some point, I'll build something on top of it. But I'm not going to plant a garden there. Right. But you know what? Where we have barrenness in our life, God doesn't leave it alone. That's right. He doesn't. Yeah. Amen. 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 Oh, God has a way of transforming it. Yes, he does. God has a way of making it to become fruitful. Yes. Amen. I've often wondered why is it that some are a hundredfold, some are sixtyfold, some are thirtyfold. And, and finally I, I begin to understand a little bit about that is how much are we willing to let God transform us? That's the question. How much are we willing to, to, to let go of and say, God, change me into what you want me to be? Amen. 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 <laughs> what does it really mean to be transformed? Well, we got to look at Romans 12 for that. Romans 12 and 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. Transformed in this location means changed. Yes. Transfigured. It, it talks about a, a metamorphosis. Yes. So many times when we say metamorphosis, we think of the, the caterpillar that becomes a butterfly. Yes. That's what that word means. God changes us from this into this. Yes. Amen. But unlike that butterfly that once it once that caterpillar enters into that cocoon, that the process is, is there and, and the caterpillar doesn't have any control of it. That metamorphosis begins and it's going to work through until the end and it's going to come out a butterfly. Yes. But see, God has given us free will. Yeah. And at any point in that transformation process, we can say, whoa, that's enough. Mm -hmm. I'm happy with a 30% change, God. Yes. I, I'm happy with a 60-fold change, God. Yes. I don't know about you, but I want that 100-fold. Yes. I don't want to just be transformed a little. Yes, that's right. It seems to me that if you're transformed a little, that you're neither a caterpillar or a butterfly, you're a mutant. 
I don't want to be a Christian mutant. I want to be transformed into what God wants me to be. The, the, the understanding of that passage and the word in there means to, the, uh, to become like the one that you are associated with or the one you are accompanying. If you are associated with God, if you are accompanying God on this journey, that's who we're supposed to be becoming like. Yes. That's who we're supposed to be changing and being transformed to life. Yes. My question today is who are you walking with? Yes. And are you letting your mind be transformed by him and your relationship with him? Or are you letting God do the work in you that you want or that he wants? Scripture tells us that we should present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. I want you to look at that passage because when you look at that passage, present ourselves means to serve God like an animal that which is sacrificed gives everything. How many of us when we serve God and we're presenting ourselves to God, we say, God, I'll, I'll give, Lord, I'll give you my all. And then when God starts requiring some things of us, we go, well, not that one. Uh -huh. <laughs> and God said, well, what part of all does that not fall into? <laughs> you said all. You know, I, I remember that old song. I surrender all. And so many times we would sing that, man, the Holy Ghost would start moving and, and there would be people that would flood down to the altars and tears would flow yeah. and, and they would get up and, and during the, the, the course of that week, the Lord would, would ask them about something or would, you know, present them with something and they were like, oh, well, that's, no, that wasn't on the table. <laughs> that, that wasn't up for, uh, in the altar. Yeah, I, I can't do that. That's that's too much. We're supposed to present ourselves and serve God and giving Him everything, and in that says to do that holy, holy, holiness. Oh man, I tell you what—that's a that's a dirty subject in the church anymore in some places. But I want you to know that your pastor stands for holiness. I believe in holiness. I preach holiness. I live holiness. And it's my, my, my desire, my expectation that as children of God, that you would obey holiness. I've preached that, and there have been some that have heard it, and they've told others, oh, no, that's, you know, he, he's, just, he's just preaching it, but, you know, he really doesn't mean that. I mean it. <laughs> Let me just clarify right now. I mean it. Yes. It's in the Word of God. If God put it in His Word, He means it. Amen. If He says that we should be holy because He's holy, yes. guess what? We need to 
We need to be holy in all manner of conversation. Yes, Sacred and pure. That's what holiness means. Acceptable unto God means to be in full agreement with God. Man, that's a tough one. And all of these things are to be done to God. And the scripture, it's so beautiful here because we, you know, we look at it and we say, oh, that's our reasonable service. That's just reasonable for us to do. Now, that's not exactly what it means. It means that that is a rational process of worship for us. Yeah. Our obedience to God and making our lives holy and pure and acceptable to him, that's a way that we worship God. Oh, listen, God, worship to God is more than mere lip service. We can come in here on Sunday and say, God, you're great, and your name is above every name, and I lift you up, and I worship you, and I say all of the right things. But if I walk out the doors and my life is not holy, if it's not pure, if it's not acceptable, if it's not aligning with God, then I, I should have just sat in church and not said anything. I didn't expect you to shout and jump and run the aisle. See the, the the parable of the sower is ten, is intended for and only makes sense to those that can see and can hear. That's right. If you're still in bondage to sin. You can't see these things. You haven't been set free through the blood of Christ. And you're blinded by sin to the things of the kingdom of God. Oh, but through salvation we've been set free. We can begin to see and to hear and understand things so that the transformation process can begin in us and that it continues in us. Yeah. You're working on a garden Listen, you may amend the soil this year and think, wow, it's great. I'm going to plant something and it's going to be awesome. But I can promise you about halfway through the growing season, you better get out there and fertilize that. You better make sure you're watering that. You can't just ignore it and say, oh, well, I'm saved. And that's all it took. No, you better keep nurturing that. Yes. So many people want to say, oh, well, I obeyed Acts 2.38. I repented of my sins. I was baptized in Jesus' name, and I was filled with the Holy Ghost, and that's enough. Oh, you're saved. But come on, so. <laughs> you're saved, but you better keep working Amen. because you're not perfect yet. And, and just because you've been saved and set free doesn't mean that you're like Jesus yet. You don't get the Holy Ghost and instantly everything is, is changed in you. When you get the Holy Ghost, your eyes and ears are open so that you can begin to understand and see the things that, oh man, I need to get rid of this. Things that you used to be comfortable with, you're not comfortable with them anymore. 
Church, I, I, I think that, that we have become complacent in, in the word of God. There's some things that we have allowed ourselves to become comfortable with that God's not comfortable with. I let, I'll just, I'm just going to be plain this morning, okay? I, I, I'm doing this because I love you. I want you to be pleasing to God. Yes. And I want to see God move in this church in ways that we've never experienced. Yes. I want to see a revival that breaks out in this church and spreads like wildfire through this community. Yes. Oh, but we've got to become uncomfortable with some things. There needs to be some things that we just don't allow. Oh, I, I got to read this to you. Sister Jennifer came to me. She didn't know anything about my message. She didn't know anything about what I was going to preach. She said, I read this this morning. This is so powerful. I got to share it with you. Psalm 101. This is a psalm of David. I will sing of mercy and judgment. Unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Man, I'll tell you what, that's a, that's a pastor's dream. If the saints would all behave themselves wisely in a perfect way. And I'm sure that the saints would feel the same about the pastor. <laughs> David says, oh, when wilt thou come unto me? He said, but I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. Within his house. Nobody's there judging him in his home. But he said, in my house, I'm going to have a perfect heart. How many of us, when we get at home, we kind of throw off that robe of righteousness and, and we just kind of let our hair down? Y'all still there? In our house, we should walk righteously. That's right. In our house, we should have a perfect heart. We shouldn't say in our house, well, you know, that matter here. Nobody sees. It's not important here. David said, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. He didn't have TV, he didn't have the internet, he didn't have social media. But there were still some wicked things that he said, I won't set any of that before my eyes. What are we setting before our eyes, church? What do we allow to come before us? He continues on. He said, I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. If there's somebody that's wavering and they turn away from God, you know what? Out of here. You're not going to let that spirit run off on me. Amen. Mm. A froward heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. Mm. There's some saints of God that not only do they know wicked people, they hang out with them on the weekends. They, they you know, they, they go over to their house and, and, and they're friends with them. 
You know, I've, I've had people say, oh, well, you know, Jesus ate with sinners and publicans. Yeah, he did. He didn't go, he, he didn't go hang out with them in the bar. Right. Come on. But are they witnessing to those people? Doesn't matter if they're witnessing, don't go hang out with them. You, wit you witness to them in a place where it's safe. Right. Where your good will not be evil spoken of. Right. Where your 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 uh, uh, reputation will not be tarnished. Where people that see you won't say, oh, I saw them in the bar. Yeah. Amen. Oh, well, wait a minute. Pastor, if you're going to preach about going to the bar, you, you must be preaching against alcohol. And? Amen. <laughs> What part of holiness does that not want to go there? Let's just go there. Right. All right? The Bible gives us a list of things that, that are holiness standards. We have, a, a, we have holiness standards in the apostolic uh, church. Yeah. And I believe that we ought to uphold those things. I believe that they are important. If nothing else, they are guardrails. They keep us from the cliff. Right. Oh, but I believe that they are called out in the word of God. That God has uh, directed us and given those to us for a purpose. And I believe that we ought to uphold those things. I still believe that there are women and men. Right. And that's it. Right. I said that. Listen, you cancel me if you want. That's the word of God. Amen. That's not my thought. That's God's thought. Amen. He created man and woman. Amen. And you know what? Men ought to look like men and women ought to look like women. Amen. Man, I thought I'd get a better response than that from the church. Let, let me move on. Whoso privily slandereth his neighbor, him will I cut off. Oh, now I'm going to step on toes. David did it. I'm just, I'm just reading his word and telling you what he said. He said, I'm not going to hang around with anybody that gossips. Amen. Listen, if you're talking about somebody, make sure they're present. That's the truth. Amen. Amen. And make sure that when you're talking, that you're being like the scripture when it talks about us being wise and being gentle. Yes. Our words should be wise and should be gentle. Okay. I know that there are different people in this church. Some are, are meek and, and mild, and there are others that are very bold and outspoken. But you know what? It doesn't give us an excuse to hurt with our words. It doesn't give us an excuse yeah. to be harmful with the words that we say or to be sharp and to wound. Right. Our words need to be gentle. Right. We need to speak the truth in love. Yes. That's what the word says. Yes. Amen. We need to be wise in the way that we speak. Yes. Yes. Amen. Oh. Yes. Amen. He said if there's somebody that, that gossips, he said I'll cut him off. You know, there's some times when we're talking to somebody and they start in with gossip that we just need to cut them off. That's the way to do it. Oh, I'm not saying we just need to, you know, just walk away. We just need to stop them in their tracks and say, what in the world are you doing? That's gossip. Stop it. Yeah. Change the conversation. Call them out on it. That yeah. is not right. 
You shouldn't be doing that. Right. I rebuke that spirit. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Mm. Him that have a high look and a proud heart, will I not suffer? Mm. Listen, you think you're too good? You think you're better than other people? David said, I won't put up with that. That's right. David, the anointed king, wouldn't put up with somebody that was proud. Right. Woo! Oh. Come on. Oh. If the king won't bear it, why should we? And why should we entertain that in our life? Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the Lamb, that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. David said, those are the people I want around my house. Those are the people I want to associate myself with. I want people that, that have a, a, a perfect heart. People that walk in perfect ways. He said, he that worketh deceit shall not dwell in my house. And he that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. Okay. Oh, church, I have warned and warned and warned us about putting things before our eyes that contain lies in them. That's yes. right. Why do you want to take in a little bit of poison into your soul? Right. If you need to hear the word of God and the preaching on Sunday is not enough and the teaching on Tuesday is not enough and you need it more than that, you need to find somebody that preaches the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help you God. Amen. You don't need to put lies before your eyes. Right. You don't need to take someone, someone's word that has just a little bit of truth. And they're going to impart that to you. But they're going to mix it in with a lot. Yes. If, if, they're, if they're out there and they're teaching to you, oh, you know, they're teaching about finances, they're teaching about love, they're teaching about whatever. And then at the close of their message, they say, I, I, I would like everyone out there that, that wants to be saved, if you would just repeat this prayer with me. Nowhere in the Word of God is there any scripture basis that says that by repeating the sinner's prayer are you saved that is an absolute lie from the pits of hell the scripture gives one plan of salvation acts 238 repentance baptism in jesus name the infilling of the holy ghost that is god's plan of salvation and if there are people out there that are teaching something else in that, it is a lie. And why do you want to put that before you? If they can't get salvation right, how do you know that anything else they're saying is right? God has not made salvation a mystery. He's been very clear and very plain about that in his word. If they can't get that right, I don't trust them with anything else. Amen. David ended the psalm. He said, I will early destroy all the wicked of the land that I may cut off all wicked doers from the city of the Lord. He said, listen, I'm not going to endure those people in this city. I'm not going to allow them to remain and to spread poison and to spread those evil traits 
in this city. I'm going to cut them off because I don't want the people of God affected by those. I don't want the people of my house affected by those things. Church, it's time that we rise up and we stand against those things that are contrary to the word of God and say, not my house. stand for it and God if it's in your word and, and, and it's within me and you need to change it God show me Amen. show me and, and, and let me let me work that out of there Amen. get those rocks out of my soil God Amen. see God is working to work in us he wants to transform us into the likeness of himself so that our li our lives, so that our lives are not hardened by sin. Right. Yes. You know when 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 the scripture talks about those first seeds that fell by the wayside. Stand with me. I'm close. Those first seeds that fell by the wayside. Those were seeds that fell on the road. How many of you are, are, are on a pathway? How many of you expect if you walk outside and throw a handful of seeds out in the parking lot and on the sidewalk that something's going to grow? It's not going to happen. Oh, there may be something that, that falls in a crack there and, and, you know, springs up, but there's no depth in that, and that's not going to survive. If you want something that's going to grow, you got to go over to the planter where there's soil. Right. If there's a hardness of ground in our life anywhere, we've got to let the Holy Ghost break up that fallow ground that's within us. It's got to break up that hard ground and begin to turn it over and begin to make it what is right, make it good, potable, pliable soil. Soil that can be fruitful and can multiply. How much are we willing to be transformed? I want to close today with the words of a, an old song that God just kept going over and over in my mind. The verses, let me start with the verses. Maybe some of you will you'll remember these and, and it will bring up the chorus for you. But the verses say, weary of myself, my folly, and my pride, weary of self-seeking, Lord, be thou my God. Only make me pure, I shall be satisfied, make me what I ought to be. There is not a need, but thou canst well supply. All my heart's deep hunger, thou canst satisfy. Help me on thyself more fully to rely and make me what I ought to be. Then someday in glory grant I may behold what to me were dearer than the streets of gold, fairer than the gates of pearl thy face to see. Make me what I ought to be. 
You know, sometimes there are people that are in churches and it, they, they don't have an attitude of make me what I ought to be. They're saying, God, make me what I want to be. What I want to be is more like him. But when people are singing, make me what I want to be, most of the time it's because they have other ideas than what God has. I would hate to, to be able to see the, the, that heavenly city, to, to be able to, to enter or, or, or walk up to the gates, not enter in, but look in and see that and say, what was it again that was so important to me that I was willing to miss this? The chorus finally on this song says, make me what I ought to be. Help me to be more like thee. Let me trust thee fully till thy face I see. Make me what I ought to be. You know, that's not a song that we sing very much in, in churches anymore. Oh, but that ought to be the, the song of our heart. Today, we should be saying, God, Lord, make me what I ought to be. God, I know you're not through working on me. So God, make me what you want me to be. Take those things in me that need dealing with God and bring them to the surface, God. Lord, that I can get rid of them. Lord, let the power of conviction move in me. Let the power of the Holy Ghost lead me and guide me into your truths, into, into greater heights, into deeper depths. God, show me the way that I can be more like you. Oh, hallelujah. Why don't we all take a moment this morning and let's just have that conversation with God saying, God, let your convicting power work in me. Oh, Jesus. God, right now, all across this place, Lord, God, I'm asking you today, Lord, to let the, the power of the Holy Ghost move in our lives, God. Lord, I'm not asking for a shouting, running the aisles, jumping and dancing type of response. But God, I want you and your spirit to move within us, God. Lord, in a powerful, meaningful way, God. Lord, that will lead us into the, the, the greater walk with you, God. Lord, into a, a greater relationship with you, God. Lord, to where our heart is upright and pure and holy before you, God. Lord, to where those things that you're trying to remove from me, God, Lord, are brought to the surface, God, and that I can, I can offer those to you, God. I can give those to you and say, Lord, take this from me. God, remove this from me, my attitudes, my words, God, my thoughts. Oh, Jesus. Lord, I want to bear fruit for you, God. Lord, and if that means clearing out some things of my life, God, let it be, dear God. Let it be, God. 
My people, you have heard my word. I've spoken to you my heart today. I've spoken to you what I am doing in the church. Yield yourself to me. Allow me to do a work in you that will perform miracles within your life. That my favor can be upon you and can flow through you. You must allow me to work within you and to do this work so that I can abide and make you bountiful 
and, and allow the prosperity that I desire for you to flow into you. You must remove the hindrances and the things that are blocking the moving of my spirit in your life. I love you and I desire to purify and to sanctify and to make right the things that are in your life. Yield yourself to me. Church, I'll leave you with one admonition today. As your pastor, I love you very much. My one word of that admonition is that if you feel at any point that your tongue, the words of your mouth need to be on the offensive and on the attack, make sure that they're pointed at the right target. Don't let your words be aimed at a brother or a sister in Christ, but let your words be aimed at the enemy. Amen. If you want to fight, fight on your knees. Amen. If you want to battle, take the battle against the enemy. Amen. The battle is not against your brother or your sister. And our words should not be against one another, but they should be words of encouragement, words of ex exhortation, uh, of, of strength, of help, of, of peace. Amen. 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 Lord, God, I love you today. I thank you for your word. I thank you, God. That you care enough about us, God, Lord, to bring us this word. God, I thank you, Lord, that you will not leave us with fallow ground, God, but that you will continually work and, and bring those things to the surface that need to be dealt with in our life, God, that we can be fruitful, God. Above all, we must bear fruit for you, God, for your kingdom. God's salvation is not just for us, it's for others. Lord, and God, I, I, I want to be that light, God. I pray that you'll help us this week, God. Lord, that we can find someone that we can be a light to. Use us for your glory and for your kingdom. I thank you for it. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Lord bless you. Go in 